All right, hey, good morning. Welcome to Parkview. I'm Doug, one of the pastors here. Welcome to the fall kickoff. Bummer, seven o'clock, we had to make the decision today, in or out, right? And so uh, a lot of technical equipment that would have been out and some rain wouldn't have been bad, so we pulled it in. Thanks for being flexible. So thankful for tech people, others that helped kind of flip this place from meeting outside to inside. So um, super glad you're here. Looks like we're still going to be able to eat and hang out outside. That's awesome. So, um, but just really uh, uh, grateful to be with you guys today and to celebrate together. North Campus doing the same thing today. East Campus, same thing where they are. One church in three locations in the Iowa City area. So super excited to be part of Parkview. And if you're new today, I really do hope that you meet some folks here today over a meal. I'd love to meet you if I can. Uh, But bottom line, we'd love to see you get connected with some people here and ultimately get connected uh, with Jesus because he's amazing. So so what we're going to do today is kind of give a sneak preview of what's coming up this fall. And so I know we got tons of kids in the house right here. Hey, adults, if you consider yourself adult, right, whatever that is, let's give it up for our kids that are here on three. Ready? One, two, three. There we go. Yeah. Good job. All right. So I am a super strong believer that whenever there are kids in the house, like they will learn things that mom and dad also need to hear. Like sometimes the kids will hear stuff that we miss. So uh, kids that are here, like I want you to listen. It's kind of a shorter sermon today, okay? Um, and then we're going to hear a few people come up and talk about what God's been doing in their lives. But I'd love every kid here to think of what's one thing that God said to you today. And I'd love you to share that with mom or dad or grandma or the friend that brought you, okay? Because God will talk to you in here today too. So super glad we're all together. So what we're going to do this fall is we're going to study the very first book of the Bible. So you won't have a hard time like finding where we are in your Bible. You can always go to the front. In fact, if you want to turn there now in a Bible, or if you want to use an app on your phone, go to Genesis, first book of the Bible, chapter 1, verse 1. And so this fall, we're going to look at the first 11 verses, or first 11 chapters in uh, the book of Genesis. And it is so it's going to be so um, really interesting, I think, because I think the truths that are going to jump out at us from Genesis 1 to 11 are truths that we desperately need as a people today. Not just us, but like the city we live in, the country we live in, the world we live in, all right? So, super prosperous days. Like, we have technology like crazy. We can get information about anything really in seconds, just through our devices. Like, you look at the advancements we have, and it's amazing. And the Hawkeyes are 2-0. Like, so, like, all is, like, just looking awesome and good, right? So, um, but at the same time, what's just breaking my heart over the last couple of years is how things in our country, like loneliness and depression and despair and suicide and abuse of opioids and just all of this just seems to be escalating. And it's clear there's a disconnect. Like, we have all the stuff and everything looks so good, um, but why is all this happening? And I just, I think in many ways... Maybe even us, but I think our, our country and our world have drifted from some foundational truths about who is God and, and who are we and what's our greatest need and what are we here for? What's our purpose? And we're going we're gonna to have fun in this book. These first 11 chapters of Genesis just speak square on to all those things. Now, some of you may be connected to the university or like if you love, you know, like things like hard questions and, and science, like sometimes people look at these chapters of the Bible and go, you don't still believe that stuff, do you? And so one thing we're hoping to do in this couple months too is to really bolster your confidence in the Word of God. And so there's going to be a couple of like forums or workshops where 
people are going to be there to ask and answer questions from this. Um, we're going to set up kind of a resource bank for you to go and look and find some of your answers uh, to questions that might come up in these first 11 chapters. But I don't want us to get distracted maybe by a lot of the side things. I want us to make sure we square on with the main points that these chapters want every one of us to know. Okay, and so today is a sneak peek. We're going to look at two passages briefly to kind of bait the hook and then just kind of create a hunger in us to really learn from God from this part of the Bible this fall. So let me pray and then we'll jump into it and we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll talk for a few minutes. So God, thank you that we're all together. Thank you for families, kids, all in the house here. Just pray that you would speak to your people. Just make it clear that throughout this fall that you are God, you are good, you love us. We're creating your image. We're here for a reason and a purpose. And I just pray those, those very basic but solid truths would set us free as families, as people, as children, uh, to represent you and re reflect you in the cities we live in. So thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so Genesis 1.1, very first opening to the Bible, says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the very first sentence of the Bible, God is the subject. And the whole Bible is going to be about God. So, but what we're going to see in Genesis 1 is that God doesn't give us a philosophical or scientific argument for his existence. It just kind of speaks straight out like, hey, by the way, uh, there's a God. And by the way, this God is the creator of all things. So we think that Moses wrote this. And so one thing would be, if you look into the backstory, whenever you read the Bible and you look at who wrote this, who are they writing to? Why were they writing? You know, what was God saying through this author? Interesting to remember that Moses was uh, was trained in the scholarship of Egypt in that day, living, growing up in the home of Pharaoh. And so he would have been well-versed in the way other cultures described the basics. Like, how did we get here? Who are we? And so like in Egypt alone, there would have been 2,000 gods. And not to knock Egyptian gods, but one of them was in the shape of a cat. Like that was one of their famous gods that was one that they looked to protect their home uh, from evil, or from misfortune. And so I, if you don't be long, I'm, not a, I'm a dog person, not a cat person. I think if you're trusting and you're putting all your hope in a cat, you're in huge trouble. Like this, the safety, the foundation, security of your home, if that's on a cat, then I'm just saying you're on shaky ground. And so we chuckle at that, but the problem is like that's a picture of when we invert, like who's really God and what are we really trusting in? Uh, when we, when we start, start, stop trusting in the true creator God, and started trusting in some of our other gods, man, that's when we get um, panicked and afraid and uncertain and insecure. And so, and so we chuckle at that. But I, I think Moses growing up in that environment and then having just very real encounters with the true God, there was a passion in this man to make sure we know the truths that are tucked even in this first sentence that he wrote. There's so many truths we can learn about God just in that first verse. Let me just roll a couple at you. Number one is that there is a God and he creates. He, he, he made all that we see. It's interesting, that word create in the Hebrew Bible, uh, there, there's a specific word that is only used when God is the subject. God creates. So like when God does something, it's totally unique than when I do something or when you make something. Like there's a special word there was reserved for God. And so it seems to be that God uh, can create fresh. He can create new. And so when you look at the very beginning, the Bible just kind of unabashedly says, 
You know, before there was anything, there was God. And then God created, okay? And so, so God's a creator. And you look at uh, some ways that that concept is grabbed in the New Testament even, how God loves to, to create new things in us. Like you might look at some broken spots in your life, your family, your marriage, whatever, and just we have a God who loves to step in and create. So he's a creator. Uh, we see that he's eternal. It says, in the beginning, God. Like, so it wasn't like there wasn't God, and all of a sudden God appeared on the scene, God qualified for the job, and then became God. Like, so he has been and always will be. So there's a constant, there's a reliable uh, God in your life, a rock and a refuge for you, so he's eternal. Uh, it also says that he rules over his creation. Since he's the one who made it, he's not part of it. Like, God doesn't worry about the weather. God doesn't worry about, like, other factors. Like, he's in charge. So he is God. So he creates. He's eternal. Uh, he's over. He rules over his creation. You could also say this. Man, he is super uh, creative, and um, he's a brilliant artist. If you look at the things he's created, I love sunsets this time of year. I don't know if you've been out some nights where the stars are just, like, horizon to horizon. Um, just, just, he's beautiful. You look at the animals he made. You got rhinos, like with that little thing on the front. Those guys are super blind. Like they can only see, like I think like five yards ahead of them, but they can run 40 or 50 miles an hour. Like that's something that big. They can't see that far in front of itself. Like why did God make it that way? Just so they could chuckle now and then and how those guys just crash through things. So you got them, you got giraffes, you got jellyfish. You got like just all these creative things that God has made. He's brilliant. He's He's very artistic. He's beautiful. I think the biggest thing, though, when you look at creation, is that he is huge. He is super huge and powerful. And I think you could go either direction with that. And that's what scientists today are just trying to get their heads around. Like, how big is this creation that we live in, this universe we live in, and how detailed and precise it is. So as we're able to see further out into the galaxies and as we're able to see further in, to like our own cells and atoms and man, we're just seeing amazing, stunning design and wisdom and power. So here's one of my favorite ones to do. So this will be uh, the size of the universe kind of comparison. So this one helps me, kind of helps me, but it's still just mind blowing. Okay, so let's do this. So let's say that the distance between the earth and the sun is 93 million miles. It, it is that, okay? So, so let's say that that equals the width of a piece of paper. So this is like 93 million miles right here per scale, okay? So if you say, okay, well then what's the next nearest star from, the, from here, from the earth to the next nearest star? Like past the sun, what's the next one? You would take this piece of paper and you would have to stack it 71 feet high. So like you would stack up and I could push it down and it'd go about two thirds of the way back there, okay? That's like every one, 93 million miles. Like that's the earth to the next star. And so then you go like, okay, how about the uh, Milky Way galaxy that we're a part of? So that stack of paper would be 310 miles high. Like push it down and it's landing right around Wrigley Field. It's right around Soldier Field. That's a sad place for Bears fans today. So, but like right there. So right there in Chicago, we'd be getting there. And so if it's the whole known universe, you guys, every piece of paper, 93 million miles, it would stack 31 million miles high. And the Bible says God just, God, we measure that light years, millions of miles. God measures it in the span of his hand. Like that is nothing to God. 
the, we're learning more and more about the number of stars God created. Like the one, obviously, we know the most about is the sun. Average temperature on the surface of the sun is 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's up to 30,000 maybe in the core and all of that. But there are, now they imagine, they're, they're guessing, and, and it just keeps expanding, 100 billion stars in just our galaxy. They're guessing that there are 100 billion galaxies. We just keep learning more and more. So like just, and the sun in comparison is just super, it's just average. It's like there's some that are much bigger, much more powerful than our sun. And so you just look at all of that, and the Bible tells us that, yeah, well, God names the stars. They're kind of like his pets. I named my dog Bubba. He names, like he's got names for all the stars. Uh, Psalm 33 says that he, just with his breath, the stars were created. And so when you look at how vast and how powerful the universe is, like some people will ask, well, well, why did God, like if God made all this, why did he make it so big? Like what's, what's the deal? And I love how Psalm 19.1 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. What's the point of how huge the universe is? I think it's God just shouting out to us, guys, you have a big God. Like I am huge. Be amazed at my glory, at my size, at my strength, at my power. Because guys, we, we have been tainted by, I think what sin does, we've all sinned and Sin kind of diminishes God and it kind of puffs us up. Like we think bigger of ourselves and much less of God. But the more you just look at God's creation, like the more in awe, the more our knees buckle and you just go, God, you are amazing. So, and so that's, that's why we, we could glean so much um, from Genesis 1-1. And, you know, that's one topic we're going to kind of tackle throughout this fall is for some people, like science can be kind of a defeater. Oh, well, I kind of believe in the Bible, but I guess science just like undercuts all this stuff. And I'd say it's the exact opposite. Like I think when scientists, like I think God would say, scientists, bring it on. Like look and study and see what I've made. And I think at the end of the game, what you see is that there is an amazing creator for willing to be humble. And look, that's, that's what God's point is. I want you to see how great, how big, how strong, how wise I am. Because bottom line, God wants us to trust him and rely on him, not a cat God, or not like whatever else you might be hanging to today. So, so that's it. Romans 1.20 says, For God's invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so that they are without excuse. Like the point is, God wants you to see him. God wants you to know how, how big and how awesome he is, okay? So that's one point, sneak preview, we're going to dig into this fall. But if you jump down in chapter 1, I'm going to read a few verses that Thomas is going to preach on in a couple weeks here. And I'm going to start in Genesis 1:26, And here's where it says, And God said, Let's, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them, and God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. I just want to say three quick things about you. These are now truths about me and about you from Genesis 1. First is, we are created by God. Like we're not here by chance. It's not an accident. Like things didn't just kind of fall together, and now, boom, here you are. Like the Bible just unabashedly says you have been created 
by this amazing God who made the galaxies and the stars. Uh, he made you. This summer, uh, kind of unexpectedly, um, he's doing, doing super well now, but my dad had some pretty major heart stuff, and so had to have four bypasses and all of this, and just came at just the nick of time, like we're so grateful. But just doing some reading and stuff like this about the human body and our, um, our cardiovascular system. Guys, I had an idea, because they're yanking like things out of his leg to put up into his heart so blood can flow around. They're doing all that. It's just amazing what they could do. Um, but one thing, one thing I learned this summer is that if you took all the blood vessels in your body, like the veins and the arteries and the capillaries, you know, that take blood out and bring waste back from the cells, like that whole network in your body, do you know, like if you took every one of those and just kind of stretched them out, do you know, just yours, okay? Do you know how far that would go? Just in your body, 60,000 miles. 60,000 miles, just like kind of in you, like just kind of, maybe just kind of look and go, are you kidding me? Like you could take your circulatory system and wrap it around the planet two and a half times. Like, wow. Like, and so that's what I love too about our God is like, you can look out at his creation and say how huge that is. But guys, the more and more you look within and what God has done to, to wire us, design us and make us, like it is just absolutely marvelous. The Bible says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Like God knows everything about you. He knows your name. He knows the number of hairs on your head. And for some of you, it's easier than for others, right? So we got some of that going on. But, but he knows everything about you. And that's beautiful thing about this God is he's not just so big and infinite, but he's also very personal and intimate. And I, I just wonder how we would live if we really believed that, right? So, so you, are, you are created. You're not an accident. Um, second, and... Uh, you are an image bearer. Okay, we're going to unpack that in a couple weeks. One of the world's an image bearer, but there's so many things, truths packed into that. But you are different than the rest of God's creation. We are the only part of God's creation that is called an image bearer, okay? It means a couple different things. One is, like God and you, God and I, can have a unique relationship that the rest of creation doesn't have. We can connect with God. We can talk to God. We can hear from God. And you've heard me say this before. I've never seen my dog, Bubba, on his knees, like worshiping God, right? So he doesn't pursue God. He doesn't pray. He, he fasts occasionally if we don't feed him. Like that's a fast for him. But um, he, doesn't pers- he doesn't have a Godward drive in his heart. But, but God has created us uniquely to know him. And then Thomas will unpack this in a couple weeks. But this gets into your purpose. Like our purpose on the earth is an image bearer. means we're here to reflect who God is to this creation, that when people, you know, look at you and how you're living your life, that they see what it looks like to be in the image of God, what it looks like to trust God. And, and so really the things that reflect off of you, uh, you're here to point to God with your life. And so there is a real purpose, significant purpose to your life as an image bearer. We'll unpack that more in a couple weeks. And the last one I just want you to really see is that you are loved by this God. I don't know if you noticed this when we, ready, when we read it, but in verse 28 said, okay, God made them male and female. And then it said he blessed them. He blessed them. They didn't do anything yet. Like they just showed up. And it says that he blessed them. Like that just shows you the move of God is basically towards you. It's for your good. It's motivated later, we find, by his love for you. That if you were to say, okay, God, what's your bottom line? Like what do you want to do in my life? He would, he would lead with, I want to bless you. Like I am with you. I made you. I am for you. And you guys, just those three simple truths, if you were to really cling to those, really start living by those, those would just radically change the way you live 
It would just radically change your, your family, your parenting, your friendships. And so um, not, not to be kind of a homer or to pat ourselves on the back, but, but when you look at Genesis 1, the crescendo at the end of the book, at the end of that chapter, is that God says it is very good. Like you'll see this next week. After God created everything in the other days, it was good, it was good, it was good. But, I mean, not to brag, but when we showed up on the scene, God said it was very good, okay? So, like, that just shows you, like, out of all of his creation, guys, you are the peak. Like, God, uniquely in his image, he, he, he just values you, all right? And so, so it was very good. So let me just, let me just wrap up with this, because you could say, okay, yeah, but so what, hap- what else happens in Genesis? Because when I look at my life today, it is not very good. Or when I look at our city, I look at our world, like, there's a lot of things that I would say are not very good. So what's going on? And so we'll see that in a couple chapters in Genesis 3. And it's something we tend to do too, is that in spite of God being so big and great and good to us, that we, we have this thing called sin, where we'll just kind of doubt God, and we'll deny God, or we'll think we know better than God. And guys, obviously, when you look at him as the creator and all that he's made and his wisdom, like these are some of the most foolish things we do, but we do them, okay? Because our heart I think our hearts, the Bible says every one of us does this. We just kind of push back at this God. And so, and so that has led to, to sin and brokenness. And we see that in our lives, in our relationships, in our world. But what is so cool is that even in spite of that, God does not reject us. He still moves toward us. And let me jump to the New Testament. And I'm going to read a few verses that are going to sound kind of similar to Genesis 1, the, the first couple of verses we've read. But see if you can catch the parallel that's going on here. I jumped to John chapter 1, where it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Then I jumped to verse 14 in John. And the Word became flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory the glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the world is broken right now. My life is broken right now. We are suffering the consequences of sin. But God did something about that. And Jesus Christ, you just read, was with God at the beginning, fully God, fully man. The Word became flesh, and he lived among us. Jesus came to show us who God is. Like we can see who God is from his creation, but even more clearly, we can see who God is through the life and the teachings of Jesus. And Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were sinners, while we were kind of foolish rebels against God, Christ died for us. Like this fully God, fully man, full of grace and truth, Jesus Christ came and gave his life for sinful people like us. So uh, that is so crucial for us to understand. And so if you're new to Parkview, like that's, that's kind of what we're about here. It's like we want to make sure people know who Jesus is and what he's done because Jesus really unfolds for us who God is. And when we start understanding that, then we start squaring up with who are we? Like who is God? Who do I really trust in my life? Who's going to satisfy me? Like those key questions must start with you and Jesus Christ, okay? And so if that's all new to you today, talk to the friend that brought you. I'd love to talk to you or just jump in and just kind of go with us this fall through, through Genesis and through some of our workshops. And if you have time, like jump into a community group too where you can be with some other uh, people who are trying to figure God out and follow the Bible together. Um, ask your questions, kick the tires. 
and just see if, if this isn't true, if this is what God wants to offer you. So I just want to wrap up with this. There was a kind of a pastor and a theologian guy about, you know, several years ago, but he, he had, I love this, this statement he says. He says that the most portentous, let's just say important, okay, the most important fact about any person is not what he or she at a given time may say or do, but what that person deep in their heart thinks God is like. I, to- I think I almost completely agree with that. Like, that the most important question is, who do you think God is? Again, how you answer that is going to have a huge bearing on how you live your life. And what I'm hoping you hear from the, this teaser of Genesis is that you have a God who's incredibly powerful and big. He rules. He reigns over everything. He's incredibly wise. But he's also a God who made you, who loves you, who created you in his image so you can know him. He wants to bless you. And even though you've rebelled against him, he gave you the greatest gift he could possibly give, the life of his son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life for you so that you can be restored and connected with this amazing creator, God. I just, I just wonder how you would live different. And for some of you, you, you could have preached this this morning. You could have said, oh, yeah, I know all this. Tell me something new, Doug. So, but yeah, if I were to just kind of follow you around this week, like, are you living? Are you living that way, you know? Because if we really believed all this, like, wh- why would we be afraid? Like, why would we worry about the future? Like, why would we hoard or be, be selfish? Like, I, I just think we'd live radically different lives. So let me give you a chance to pray. And uh, then we're going to sing a little bit. And um, we, let me just give you a chance to pray first. Can I just uh, give you just a little bit to start and just, just praise God for who he is? Like, maybe something we talked about this morning just reminded you. Just praise him for his greatness, his bigness his goodness. And if you don't feel like you can do that yet, maybe this is a good moment for you to just say, uh, God, I don't know who you are. Could you, could you please show me who you are this fall? Just open my eyes. So you, talk, you and God talk here for a little bit. Either praise him or ask him to show you who he is. time to do one more thing. I just talked about how great God is, how big he is, and how much he loves you. Guys, if that's absolutely true, like what right away comes to your mind that you need from him, like a concern you have, a fear you have, um, someone you care about is just really struggling. Like, could you just go to that God right now and remember how, how great, how powerful, but at the same time, how intimate how concerned, how loving he is. Could you just go to that God right now with whatever it is, your biggest concern, your biggest fear, your biggest worry, just take that to him. God, thank you that you heard every prayer here this morning, that you know every one of us. God, we have much to learn about you. 
And so I thank you that you want us to know you. You want to reveal yourself to us. So God, as a people, as a church, just help us this fall. Really get our heads around what it means that you are the creator, that we are in your image, that you have given us a work to do, that you have given us an identity. All those just crucial things. Would you teach us? And then may we be a people, may we be families that really reflect you to this world. May we show your kindness, your compassion, your courage, your wisdom. May we be a people who reflect our great God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.